0: Welcome back to The Price for Paradise. My name's Woody, a.k.a. Creston Woods. And with me today, we're bringing back TJ for another round. I don't know what round this is at this point. I don't either. Um, But welcome, TJ. And you brought a friend, and he's going to be a staple in TJ's business. So, uh, introductions?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is Carrick. Um, I'll have to tell you guys a little bit how I met Carrick, but I'll I'll let Carrick say hello first. What's up, Carrick? How
2: you doing? Uh, Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, My name is Carrick Skoglund. Just kind of getting into the bodybuilding world under TJ, showing me the ropes. Uh, Just knew that the game.
0: Yeah. very nice very nice where'd you meet TJ and like how this like uh,
1: you I'll know let you explain
0: co-op now. partnership come about you, know, you see go. how he said
2: I'll let you explain it's <laughs>
1: uh, I like to go to Arizona Wilderness a lot when I'm doing my online programming and computer work or just things I don't really want to do it's a little easier to have a what's Arizona Wilderness it's a brewery uh, brew pub right Was that the best way to say uh, it I thought well for yeah. a
0: second I was trying to figure out if that was a place or you just actually went out into the wilderness <laughs> and like did some I think stuff like it would sound cooler if it was the second way
1: but also weirder no yeah. so I, I saw Karen working as a busboy, um, just cleaning stuff up. I've been going there for a long time, let's put it that way. But uh, if you don't mind me saying this, character, back, I remember he was a very skinny, pale kid, um, and he had a lot of skin stuff going on. And I remember seeing that and just like feeling for him, not in a negative way or like, you, you know, I see everyone that works there. And then I see him like a couple years later and I keep seeing him slowly changing. He's getting bigger, stronger. Um, but one thing I noticed about him right away is that he was always kind to people, uh, opened doors for folks, things like that, said goodbye, was like, said, excuse me, you know, pulled people's chairs. And I thought that stuck out for his age, definitely. As well as for a position that isn't going to get paid for being nicer to people, you're getting paid what you're getting paid, and so that showed me that was a value of his, and that kind of stuck out to me.
0: Yeah, you see that a lot in like kids these days, and it's like, oh, like if it's not like a incentivized, you know, business, they're not going to do the job to their full stability, and that's just because, like, why would you? Because exactly. that, that they they have that mindset behind it where. It's not like how you do everything is how you do anything, right? Mm. And so if you do this job bad, imagine how you're gonna do at your
1: next job. Exactly, and I don't want to hype you up too much, Carrot, because I, I love to make fun of you as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then so I, I called him over one day. I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on? Can I ask you a question? How'd your skin get so much better? You look completely different. You, you've been getting in the weight room, and kind of chuckled, and he smiled, kind of bashfully, like, yeah, yeah, I've been getting in the weight room. Um, like clearly, he had gained. How much weight did you gain? You think? I, I started going there Ooh. three, four years ago, probably four years.
2: Over so in the last year that i've been working there i've put on like 20 pounds muscle and it's it's a noticeable 20
1: pounds because he was on the bodybuilding side it's a little more let's make it look really big you know i'm a big that's the the whole focus and so i i asked him you know what do you what do you plan on doing and um, I remember you telling me you weren't quite sure what you wanted to do, but you didn't think college was the route um, You wanted to get right into whatever industry you were interested in So I'm like, what are you interested in? You said fitness, but I don't really know where to go from there And on the other side of my computer, I'm doing programming for athletes at <laughs> the time So um, even though I wasn't much in the bodybuilding world, I thought it'd be something to explore And we've kind of just slowly talked about it Me being there at least once a week was helpful when he's working I can just steal him and ask him questions But yes, yeah, so that's kind of the long story short of how I, how I met Carrie.
0: So, why did you like? I mean, do you now that working with TJ, do you train more like an athlete or do you still train like a bodybuilder? Because Um, that's a big question. Because I know he doesn't train that way, and that's like a completely different style than what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, I personally still train like a bodybuilder just because uh, for what I want to do, I want to get into bodybuilding. And so I just continue to train like that. And I do take parts of what he does in the athletic world just because I don't think bodybuilders are mobile enough, especially for long-term lifting. Um, Whenever you train the bodybuilder way, it adds too much stress and you just end to get stiff and you don't feel good at all. You don't feel fit, even though you look fit. (laughs) You take a lot less time on that other side of the boat and you spend more time on putting on as much size as possible. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I continue doing the bodybuilder route but I do more mobility (laughs) stuff now that I've met TJ. uh, Yeah, so you're
0: more gonna go for like a more
2: classic physique rather than like, you know, open bodybuilder or what? what's yeah, your idea? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was thinking even men's physique. Men's, um, okay. Potentially, probably start in men's, maybe work my way up to classic because I'm still not big enough to do classic. But Hey, but you're young, no, how yeah, old are you? Uh, 20.
0: Oh, dude, yeah.
2: yeah, okay. You look older than that, so I Thank mean, like, or at least you're, you're bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah. So maybe start in men's for now, uh, probably next year, I think it was gonna be my first competition and then go go up from that all right very yeah. nice man well
0: it's great to meet you brother yeah, and well. you know
2: i mean i met you the other day but yeah you know, i'm gonna have to say it for
0: the podcast yeah. you know for, for everyone else sound good um all right tj so what's been going on with you man and like what's new um with Oof. your training style and yeah uh me
1: personally i've just been doing the same old thing i've been doing um i've just been trying to be a little more dialed in but Uh, As far as the business is concerned, I just purchased some cool new equipment. Um, I bought some vault speed gates. Carrick's been out there messing with me, or messing with those with me. Um, They're very, very cool technology. Speed gates. Yeah, speed gates. So for those who don't know what speed gates are, if you've ever watched NFL Combine, where they run the 40 yard dash, um, it's a good way to get testing and analytics. Um, as well as, you know, get your athletes in a competitive game mindset. So there's not reps of, it's hard to go out and sprint, and I'm telling them to go all out, I'm trying to beat up their form. Now we can compare when I'm giving them cues, and they're not following through on the cues, and the times are showing that. And then when I tell them, for example, we had a kid the other day, um, his name's Taha. You met him as well. Yeah. Taha gets very tight when it's testing time because he wants to do so well. It's a good trait of his, but he needs to gear down a little. So finally, I asked him to run a rep at 80%, and he irritated, went, did it, and it was drastically faster than his other times. So that was a cool learning moment where you could see it. Um, he was on trying the too hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit too tight, you know. And so that's just a specific example of why they're useful. But then you have analytics. Tenfold to share with your athletes, coaches, and teams. So
0: yeah, and shout out to Taha. If uh, just you know,
1: like uh, I had to you know challenge him to a, a little
0: race the other day behind the gym. So if he's listening out there. I'm still faster, than
1: you bro. And and if he's listening, <laughs> just so you know, what do you? I don't know how many times I mentioned it during the last session, but it had to be. A, <laughs> so maybe I tightened him up a little bit on the games, hey. but <laughs> nice. That's All awesome.
0: right, so um, so USR, right? Universal mm-hmm. Speed Rating. So yeah. what what are you gonna use this for, and how you gonna implement this into your business style?
1: So Universal Speed Rating is a score and verified speed system that has been created by Les Spellman big name in the industry for what we do. Um, they partnered up with Tony Holler, Hansen Hanson Athletics, if any dorks out there know these guys' names, um, they're really big, big guys in the industry. Um, and they've made it very digestible for coaches to use as well as for athletes. And then it's also that competitive mindset of seeing their score, right, compared to regional and national um, comparisons. They can look at their age, other gender, you know, everything everything under the Sun Um, it's really cool as well because then if I'm working with an athlete for four or five months I can look at the trends from their times and their score going up which is the plan? With most, which most of them do, um, and then provide that to their parents, so they know their money's being well spent, as well as to their teams, so we can push teams into that um, category and help help teams on a larger scale. Um, really cool technology that we can we can start to utilize.
0: Yeah, and so with like, with this technology, you can hold like camps, and you can get mm-hmm. time for people, and you can you know do things of that nature. So we
1: can you know give the parents more numbers and see how they are. Absolutely. And we want to know where we're really at. I find a lot of coaches in this industry like to botch numbers. They use intentional things like measuring short or, you know, handheld times, which are never really that accurate, you know, and there's going to be some variety with the lasers, of course, but this is the most accurate way that we can do it on a large scale. Um, So one, it's a good service for our business to help provide as well as, you know, putting these athletes in a position to see where they're at competitively and get those metrics, in real time all right so
0: knowing those numbers but isn't like the 40-yard dash like
1: a technique thing so like isn't it
0: all about like how you get off the blocks
1: and how you know yes so that's a good question this the usr is actually not based on a 40-yard dash it's based on a fly 10 assessment and then a 10 20 30 yard and it catches your splits between those so one it's going to get your acceleration that's a great question yeah Um, two we're going to see what top speed miles per hour you hit three you're going to see how long you maintain that so that also helps the coach a lot we can look at their score and their recommendation and see oh wow they're really lacking in their accelerated phase but they're running 21 miles per hour at the top end so their top speed is great but like how yep. do we get them there faster absolutely and and most people that can run 21 can accelerate fast but that's an example <laughs> yeah there's no way you're getting up to some, that speed. <laughs> yeah there's some freaks out there we had three kids hit 20 the first day which was pretty cool wow. to see um out there on the grass as well but yeah, so their score is based on a lot of things, and that's why they put this together. The 40-yard dash really is a skill, and that's why when you see these NFL guys go, know that they're going to be drafted, and they have the combine coming up. Do they go train football nonstop? No, they train the combine and testing. You know, they sprinkle in their skill, but they make sure that they're going to increase their stock as much as they can and it, it makes sense why
0: it's just like taking a test in high school like you, you memorize a bunch of stuff you learn it enough to you know take the test and now when you're triggered on a multiple choice test you see it you can like you can kind of <laughs> yeah. fill in the blanks boom, boom. but did
1: you really learn the concept did right behind it? it and like do you understand how to be fast agree and so i think most of those guys at that level it's completely acceptable because most of them are extremely fast on the field right and so that's why we don't obsess over 40-yard dash times we we work on you know this USR is going to be a way better reference point for us to look at. So I'm trying to get a bunch of athletes brought on right now before it's going to cost a lot of money for them because that's the reality of it. Um, it's very useful. It's, it's very valuable. And you can only provide it for so many people if you really are, you know, running these tests weekly and and monitoring them and actually helping people improve. So what does this thing look like? Like, what what, what am I, like, showing up to the track and, like,
0: seeing? Good question. And, uh... Like yeah, for the viewers because obviously we can't see anything on this non-video yeah. podcast.
1: Character, coming you have anything soon, to guys. Add. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and We'll add the Taha race as well to that. Yes, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but uh, the, if you have anything to add, if I miss, so the vault gates, um, they have a digital screen on them on one side, a reflector on the other. So you'll show up. It's set up on a tripod, kind of like how we have our cameras. Um, and it has a laser. One laser goes all the way across and is your initial point of contact through the beam. And then there's a second infrared laser that is, I don't know it's infrared, maybe. It's a laser. It's a red laser. It's a red laser. And it, uh, it determines your center of mass. So not only are you getting the accuracy of what crosses first, but we can determine if it was you reaching your hand or if it was the middle of your body. And the reason that's helpful, by the way, is there's nice. sports like cricket where they have to reach with their club and touch. So it's a skill to actually reach and get up quickly. For it, so yeah. you can turn that off, that second laser for sports like that. But you show up, you see your gates. Um, when our athletes come in, they'll get in line. Once the beam reads them, it will charge up green. It will put three green bars or four. And once it's full green, they know they can go. On the other gate, it is saying their name, which is a really cool display. So you can tell which athlete's up. There's no errors there. Um, And then as they run past each gate, their split time will populate around the gate so everyone can see. So if there's people scouting, if there's other coaches at different locations of the test, the 10-yard mark, the 30, they can see the splits. You can record them. As well as this is going straight to my iPad um that i will put into complete the complete database the master yeah. sheet, and verify
0: everything right um, so amazing this is awesome like it's cool yeah, yeah like like are you excited to get into this technology more like definitely in, in I'm use? Geeking. yeah, <laughs> yeah geeking.
1: I'm, like this sounds like tj specialty i love it um <laughs> and, and the reality is it's just a score right there's game speed but i want to help transfer and use this score to so one, help kids get to where they want to be, as well as let them see and feel, you know, their speed improving with a metric. They see yeah, it as- Yeah, it's
0: validated. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and so like, that's what we're all looking for is like the proof Mm-hmm. that we made it, and we actually did gain speed. Like, Absolutely. We do to be spinning our wheels out here and wasting our
2: time.
1: Did I miss anything with my geeking out about the gates, Carrick?
2: They're pretty accurate. <laughs> the, ge- the geeking's working. The geeking's, <laughs> the geeking's working. working. The geeking's yeah. working. And we
1: have this with our vertical jump um, testing, our max touch height testing, with our broad jump testing, with our body composition. I mean, we're starting to get to where we can provide an entire profile on this is what we're providing for you. And then now we have testimonials from athletes and we can also stack on these metrics of here's how their body changed Here's how their speed changed. Here's how their jump changed, you know yeah. I mean the more you can take down like the more complete picture of the human being we have and then
0: the better we can Tailor a program to their needs and their um, goals and the abilities, right? And as a
1: coach, you can't want anything more than that. It's got to be about them, right? And you want to get better as a coach? This is a good way now there's some test, sometimes test, test. too much analytics. Like, I talked with a strength coach last night, a real smart guy, and he talked about how the first three times on a force plate, you're gonna see people improve. And so it's just because it's a skill to learn how to take the test that they've never taken. So as a strength coach, you also have to know that, or as a coach. Yeah, and, and but,
0: we, we're the ones with the numbers, guys. Like, It's not like mm-hmm. if we overwhelm you with your numbers, like you don't need to be thinking about those things. You just need mm-hmm. to be thinking about the technique. And we can use the numbers to tailor your
1: program to you. That's, exactly. Yeah. And that's why it's hard when I get a kid that comes in and jumps a 13-inch vertical but doesn't know how to do the test, really. And then <laughs> I don't help them at all. And then in four weeks, I help them. I mean, they'll probably see a two-inch increase off of their form and understanding what i want them to do um so that's just being real with yourself and knowing these numbers are going to help you get down to the next one percent and the next little details once you've tested them multiple times not once or twice if that makes sense
0: yeah i know completely completely and since
1: we're talking about the usr and the speed rating
0: um what makes a good speed athlete and like how do we develop speed and what does speed look like in like all like uh each facet of it like acceleration and through I love top speed
1: i love it um and when people think speed right we talk about this a lot they think moving quickly um speed is the ability to cover ground like you are covering ground and then people's next thought is reaching the distance that people's oh so big stride not necessarily oh no because <laughs> you often see people with a big stride what happens when their foot strikes out in front of them they heel land strike. heel strike and then they have to roll over their hip without having an efficient movement they have to pick themselves up back down as opposed to our legs pumping like pistons and striking under our hip and keeping a torso and shin angle that is you know more parallel closer to parallel to where we're going if you think about it that's what makes a lot of great speed athletes is when we want to go and accelerate that shin angle changes so you can get into everything as specific as stiff ankles you know strong feet strong um, accessory muscles all the way up to their angles right yeah and then the ability to push through their hip I see so many athletes that are so quick on the field because they have to make good decisions like soccer with their feet they have to make rapid decisions and change but when it's time to really go and accelerate they kind of pitter patter because they're not used to extending through their hip and driving back they're side to side
0: athletes they're not necessarily full speed run in one direction type athletes and
1: honestly they're running running one direction where they have to get multiple touches on the ball to control say they have a ball at their feet you don't usually want to have big touches and reach out and stride. Yeah. You want to be right there pushing with the ball so you can make a change. And I, that's something that comes with knowing about the sport when yeah, you're, you're trained different, people. when you have to use your feet to actually kick the ball, too. Right. So I don't want to discourage them from doing that in games, but I want them to have both skills in their bag. So when, I say, when you ask what makes a great speed athlete, we could go all day, but I think a lot of it is understanding those angles and just being um, elastic athletes, right? we're hitting the ground with force and we're responding, snapping like a, an elastic band. We're not hitting, you know, stable, slow push. That's what makes really fast athletes. A lot of it is connective tissue um, and the way they train. Um, and a lot of people, it is, there's a genetic disposition there, but there's a huge um, misconception that you can't train speed. <laughs> you can't train speed,
0: what? You can't coach speed. <laughs> Who speed said is that? <laughs> like, That's ridiculous. You'd be
1: surprised how much you hear it. And uh, it's something that I hear parents say, where I usually just bite my lip, but I try to throw in a little, um, you know, maybe have them look at it a different way. but. The reality is I hear it more than you'd, you'd imagine.
0: Well, yeah, but it's also like the limiting beliefs that most, mm-hmm. you know, of society has. Um, it's a little easier
1: to say, I can't do it.
0: It's a, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cop-out. Like, you know, you're you're not being real with yourself because you just say, I can't do it, rather than mm-hmm. I don't
1: want to put in the time and effort to make it work. Exactly. Let me ask you this, <laughs> then, since I run into this sometimes. Do you ever run into people that'll say something to you that you don't think, it's not coming at you as a jab, but it hits you as a jab, or they say something like, oh you're just a genetic freak or that you're lucky or something like that (laughs) i love when people say it's my genetics Mm -hmm.
0: because i don't think it's like i'm not bigger than anyone i was always the like smallest guy um i don't think i was even told that till after i like became a trainer and like already built it up and put in the time and effort and that's like five years (laughs) of like you know really hard and like two-a-day trainings and all mm-hmm. these things and they it, it like almost discounts like the effort that i put in agreed the entire time and i'm like i've been training for 10 years like
1: yeah and, yeah, and it's always 20 people years, that are two or three years and i'm not ever super offended when i hear it but i hear it a lot when it comes to jumping or speed movements it's like you're you're a freak you're genetic and it's like i started with a 23 inch vertical at a high school combine in football i still remember being embarrassed as some of my buddies laughed like when i jumped they're like what was that now, my buddies, a lot of them can't move. No, I'm just kidding. No, that, a lot of mine. A that's, lot of yours can because I see Brady in I'll here say, getting I'm, after it. Brady yeah. can move a little bit. He has a broken foot, so that doesn't no, count. But, well, yeah, but uh, before he broke it. But you know, it, it comes back to that limiting belief. These guys, you know, that stick with it, they develop. They continue to develop. And I've heard it so many times. Wait till you're 30. Wait till well, I'm 30 now. <laughs> I feel fine. I don't get it. Well, it's because you still train
0: speed. It's like it's like when you stop becoming the high school or college athlete. These people don't sprint anymore. Mm-hmm. Like wait, who sprints after that? And you're the only one that's still doing it. And that's why you still develop, you know, in those areas. But people stop, you know, putting the time and effort in towards it.
1: That's a good point. And with you, I think it's funny because if anyone would say, oh, Woody's just blessed. Or, I, you work out with 90% of your clients. I make fun of you for it every podcast because it cracks me up. Because I'll look over and you'll be instructing and the next thing I know, you're next to them and you're doing single leg loop bridges. I see you <laughs> doing multiple sets throughout the day. Yeah. I never do that. I'm like, that's crazy. But <laughs> it cracks me up. They don't see that side. They don't see the thousands of invisible hours is what I call it, where Woody's in there. Cold punch. Did you cold punch this morning? Yeah, of course. <laughs> What did you do some dorky stuff in the sauna? I also did a red light therapy and what some else? brain tap. Mm-hmm. There's always something. You're always <laughs> yeah. doing something. And so like I make fun of you for it, but it's because I respect it. Oh, yeah. And we got the stem right over here if yep. you guys want to hook up real I'm quick. Saying? We had t- last podcast, we had Keith all hooked up like
0: while he was talking. <laughs> and, and it was in the Matrix. Or <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And so, so I always encourage people to not jump to that conclusion. And that is a self-limiting belief. It doesn't sound like it to them when they say it. But the reality is just look at what Woody does and what you don't do right maybe that's the difference try it and then find out if, you're, if i'm wrong yeah cool yeah and prove it with yourself yeah yeah be yeah. your own little test subject <laughs> exactly. you not? know but
0: if you're not doing the same stuff you're not gonna get the same results absolutely as, as that next guy but um, all right so moving off of speed how do we yeah. jump so how do we get higher because you, you mentioned the height and you mentioned
1: yeah yeah so no we have that. this is
0: another one where we can go all day uh
1: I know, just quick they just need to let me try to hit some bullet jumping. points on it yeah um it's a very similar uh strengths with people where it's an elastic snappy person a lot of type 2x fibers people will go geek out about type fibers and everything but it's more the way you train the stimulus you put yourself in front of and then i think starting especially with young people it's uh, neurological awareness like Situational and the way their body feels like you'll see a kid like Jace that you've seen a bunch. The second he figured out his patterns and how he's supposed to move, everything improved.
2: Right? Oh, yeah, no, this kid's it took a, a while, tank now, right? Huh?
1: And it's not his fault. That was something that it was, he's a big boy. Um, he didn't have that, so it starts that neurological awareness and understanding how we're supposed to move. Second, it's that snappy type two fiber, elastic um, connective tissue. Yeah,
0: and also just like nervous system connection to be able to, you know, move the
1: muscle at the right, mm. and fire it at the right timing, exactly. because that's huge. And I have athletes where I start them with very static jumps. I make them stick every landing at the bottom so that then when I get their movement down and I get their pattern lined up, I know I can move them to more reactive where I want to see them respond. And one thing that makes another good jumping app is they anticipate. A lot of these younger kids, when they go over a hurdle, for example, I can see they hit the ground, respond. Now I'm jumping. I know they're smart enough and quick enough. All I have to do is tell them one time, Hey, anticipate the ground. You know, it's coming, right? Resist drive, get in the position a little earlier. And it looks, you saw it yesterday. It looks drastically different. And that's just an awareness thing, right? And then you can talk about how there's athletes that can jump. I have a couple guys that could jump a 39 inch vertical, but you put them on the hurdle drills and they can't respond because they're extremely strong they're very slow at getting to the 39 inches, but they're, they
0: have this huge load phase and it like load. explodes exactly.
1: out, but it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then, yeah, you get a lot of force out of that vertical, but exactly. is it like a vertical that you can use in a game? So if you're shot putting, might be useful to have that skill, right? <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're playing volleyball, absolutely not. And that's why I always talk to parents about, I'm not just going to try to help your, your son or daughter jump higher. get there faster and decide quicker and land. that's probably a big
0: one you don't even like like parents don't even think about Mm -hmm. right how fast can we get there how fast yeah acceleration through that jump most force velocity how fast can we produce that force there's the quick answer i saw this really cool drill um we're just a bunch of uneven platforms, and they mm-hmm. were just pogo hopping. Was it single leg? Like single leg pogo, yeah. pogo hopping, side mm-hmm. to side, and it was just yeah. I think it was on your
1: story, probably. Maybe we do do <laughs> stuff like that. Might yeah. us, we do do that from time to time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the deceleration part. That's why I say I could go all day on these. There's so many things we can pick apart, which is why I love doing it. Is We really get to you know kind of create a masterpiece each time i enjoy working with these kids and seeing how can i tweak this or that what do they respond to what's not working like that's another thing you have to what's not working for this kid right and move on to the next so all right and so have you had um, an influx of new clients
0: uh, new types of athletes coming in or is it always usually tailored towards your uh volleyball
1: players and football Mm -hmm. players
2: i've had
0: quite a
1: variety of sports too yeah but right now it's kind of a slower season for me because we have indoor girls are playing uh, college, everyone's going back to college, Baseball is finishing up their season for pros, so I have a little uh, slow phase right now, but we're seeing a constant influx of just wide variety of sports, I love it. All
0: right, so speaking about like volleyball, uh, specifically I had an athlete in the other day working on the um, STEM, and we were talking about how she was diving all over the court, and so do you, train falling and do you train like how to properly
1: uh go down to the
0: ground so that it hurts it doesn't
1: hurt you yeah a little bit and and a lot of it is starting on like drills that they do on the ground where they have to move Uh, i know i made had to do the worm thing the other day with the physio ball (laughs) yeah so those are examples of putting them in uncomfortable positions and seeing how they move and then slowly progressing them um and it's also some kind of fun to do those drills but if you notice with kids i'll do like obstacle courses where they have to roll under a hurdle um, because it's going to apply a lot as you're first learning a sport and those diving athletes i think a lot of that needs to be taught at practice so i don't spend a ton of time on it but i try to sprinkle it here and there that's more of yeah. a sport specific thing i'd say yeah definitely yeah <laughs> so so i can do other things
0: yeah and then and
1: bring in one your volleyball playing girlfriend um yeah. and so uh how's she doing by the way she's doing great she uh She's playing li- a lot lighter now. She had her big European tour, and it didn't go as planned. Oh yeah, you, you need to. I'm not yeah. going to be in here when you're on it, though. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't want to get in trouble for anything. So <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's great. Uh, yeah, she, she's killing it right now.
0: All right, cool. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going to go with that because I volleyball. That's okay. Volleyball, but nice um, volleyball.
1: Yeah. Anyways, how's your training going? Mine's good. Uh, I I think it's been good having. Uh, Carrick and Brady kind of jumped back on doing some of my stuff. Carrick joined us for one day, kind of refired me up a little bit, because I come from that team background. I always had that drive of being the best football player I could be. I got to admit, when that goes away, and you don't have that camaraderie around you. It's harder to do on your own, but it makes me relate to how a lot of my clients are doing it. So um, it's been fun to get in and, you know, involve some other people. And that being said, I'm waiting for you, because you did your race, to get on a little plyo program for a month or two and... Uh, do some tests
0: i uh actually want to see how that layering that in for mm. the off season and then like getting back and trying like what next year's iron man holds when i've mm. already gone through a plyometrics phase with you Love it. because that would be I, I think very complimentary and my i would get better leg drive better everything watching you like,
1: smoke Taha the other day though it makes me think you're pretty much ready to do it so <laughs> uh, it's a fast kid you beat him pretty bad uh and we're trying to bring out a couple new things so this isn't me just trying to make an ad but this might be another platform for me to get some interest on this um i'm trying to bring on three to five adults that are either former athletes or want to move like an athlete and i'm going to bring them on for a very low rate or possibly even free but we need to talk about it first see how many i get (laughs) interested um to do a jump plyometric um you know functional mobility program and just feel like a beast again you know I, i i see men especially that i've worked with in the past come in and go man i just miss feeling like an athlete and they're kind of like embarrassed when we start it's because they never
0: push their it. fullest they never mm-hmm. like
1: you use their drive that, that's like hidden in there like when you let go you feel the testosterone afterwards the yeah. confidence of it and when you stop doing this stuff it goes away sprinting i think it's within like five days top speed acceleration you're lo- it's starting to descend yeah. <laughs> jumping is right after that then it slowly goes down lifting and strength that one stays it a little stays, longer. So you don't really realize it, exactly. that it's like going down. Yeah, that's what everyone's doing is because it's comfortable. They're in there hitting their, their favorite lifts, which I respect. I'm glad people are in the gym. But if you want to feel like an athlete, you know, you have to do things like an athlete. You have to move like one. And I think where people struggle is they try to come back in and be what they used to be. You know, they try to come out, I'm going to go 100%. You can't. you got to build back into it. It's 100%. a different, it's a different world.
0: Yeah, and talking about uh, mobility for plyometrics, like mm-hmm. so, what um, are some key mobilities for like sprint athletes, jump athletes,
1: um, these things that limit us? Um, ankle mobility is a big one. Um, I'd, I'd like to think ankle mobility, the entire complex with the knee and hip, all that together, um, being able to. Hip extension, you know, and then ankle flexion. Like, it's going to be massive. So, like, when we put our athletes through pogo hops, if they have more ankle mobility, they can dorsiflex, snap at the floor. That elastic band's a lot stronger, as long as they can train in that range all the time. Um, And I feel a lot of people are limited by that. But then there's the dichotomy of some people don't have very good mobility, but they're really strong in that range. And they are still very snappy, bouncy athletes. Um, The most mobile kids are usually not really bouncy. Um, because they're not like elastic not very tight tight, exactly and so there's a balance of being tight and mobile that we want to see and it's not a tight like where your hips feel oh don't feel good it's tight ready to respond
0: do you think there's a lot of kids out there that are actually pretty tight that kind of use that tightness
1: as a springboard but realistically it could end up hurting them in the long run yeah and like Eric was talking about longevity through bodybuilding as well the longevity through training like an athlete you're going to be better off having a functional range of mobility and then being strong within that range and having the awareness of where you're supposed to be that's but huge
0: when you come off of when you learn that you are hip flexor dominant even though you're fast you have to realize that you're going to lose some speed when you mm-hmm. increase that range and you train through whole you know
1: range mm-hmm. of motion absolutely and that's what we talked about the other day is uh reminding the athletes hey your first few reps that i adjust you might be slower or you might jump and not feel like you're getting as high. Doing them repetitively and improving that motion will then give you a springboard to go higher and higher. We're not going to be better today. We're going to try to be better, you know, three, four weeks from now. That's where we're going to really improve and see those changes.
0: So yeah, how Long do you,
1: game. how
0: do you create a mindset of delayed gratification in your clients? Yeah. Then,
1: have you noticed me do this at all, Eric Test time. I'm kidding. <laughs> have you have you noticed a way that uh, I make it clear to them uh, that down the road is where we're going to see our improvements, or not really?
2: Um, it's okay if you haven't. I just wanted to see. I mean, I don't know if I've paid attention to what you're saying exactly. Uh, I was like to you what don't pay attention them, to your coach. But, uh, it's it's I know. For real. Uh, but uh, I mean, I pay attention. But not to that. There it is. I was gonna say sorry um. um, no, but like whenever it comes to the gratification side of things, I think that like seeing the test numbers helps, and I think that as soon as you see them get down, you always give them a positive reinforcement mm-hmm. as well to always say like, okay, you know, like you should have felt what that feels like to run properly, and then now let's do it again. And usually after they they can get through the mind, uh, kind of like the mind and just doing one rep right. They can put everything together and over time you just see it end up coming Domino together. And, yeah, and, and over time, you know, like with Taha yesterday, you saw him kind of, he was running too tense. You told him to kind of relax a little bit and then his next rep was 50% effort but yet still the same time mm-hmm. and so yeah. then that was kind of like a even though it was he didn't feel like he was doing his best the numbers proved that he could have done better yeah and so it's like a
0: refining phase right exactly. so you're Absolutely. chipping away at the sculpture little yeah. by little and it's not necessarily hitting it with a sledgehammer Yeah, exactly. but
1: it's, it's like you know you can't you know one at a time on little pieces and I, I always remind my athletes I'm going to keep bugging you about this point till you get it I don't expect you to get it in one rep. So when I continue to say it, I'm not annoyed with you. I'm beating it into your brain and reinforcing it. And once you get it and it clicks, you'll notice I don't say it again, right? And yeah. so another thing I do is make it clear to them where we're at in our program and our session anatomy. So if, if I always say week one mentality, when we start a new program, it's gonna be hard because it's new things. But our goal here is to do our new things um, really clean and smooth, and then start adding the weight or the tempo um, and then as we get, you know, to week two mentality, my athletes that have been with me for a while know week three is fun, week four is fun, but it's going to be really hard. Week four mentality, we're pushing the limits on these things because we've done the same movements for the most part, um, progressed week after week, and that's when your body's ready to do it. You know, yeah. so it's really fun to do. So, what do you think the the perfect phase cycle? length is i don't think there's a perfect ah every athlete's different yeah and you knew i wasn't gonna answer i know but
0: i have to throw you (laughs) i have to hit you with
1: like some twisted questions absolutely i agree um i wouldn't even give me a phrase a different way maybe i can answer it because i don't (laughs) think there is a better a best i think it each athlete um where they're at in their in their development you know there's so many factors how much am i going to see them a week are they going to be consistent Mm -hmm. are they taking care of their stuff at home is this kid stay up all night till 2 a.m All right. I'm not going to train them the same. Maybe I generalize it a little bit more, but like uh,
0: if you had uh, to say like the median of all Mm -hmm. of your
1: clients, like how long do you phase like a jump phase? Okay, Um, I get what you're saying. Um, So let's say I have an off season with an athlete and I know it's going to be four months. I'll probably do a three month jump phase to focus on their their (laughs) vertical. And then other, you know, I, I make a primary goal, do a needs analysis for the kid in my head. Where I'm like, okay, this is the main thing they need and want to see. Okay, What do I think is the next best thing that's going to help them with their sport? And I sprinkle that in. I'd say three months is a good one for something like triphasic, if you know what that is. Uh, We put a lot of our athletes through that. And then I usually finish that fourth month month with like a French contrast or a dynamic contrast training.
0: What's a French contrast?
1: Um, So I have my own version I like of it. But to put it in simple uh, terms, our compound movement that we're doing during our session, so say a squat... It's very vertical focused, right? We're gonna contrast that with a vertical jump pretty early after your your reps. So say you hit a set of five on back squat at 70 to 75% of your max, and then you rack that, you'd walk over, then we do a a weighted jump, a loaded jump. So you do five-ish reps of like an explosive dumbbell jump or a barbell on your back. Then we walk over about a 10 second rest. Then it's a repetitive reactive jump. So I like to put in the hurdles. So they'll go over the three hurdles, Something light, like three reps, you're pretty dead by this point. And then everyone's favorite, um, a little bit of overspeed, which people say doesn't exist, but banded jumps. So not I like to have... Overspeed exists? I'm, I mean, I mean yeah.
0: I'm a baseball player. We use bats, light bat, heavy yep. bat,
1: you know, regular well, size they, bat. Well, they like, claim that it's not technically overspeed. It's a. will have to send you what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll go into it too far. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you pull the band down, kind of hold it tight with your lats, snap up and down with your ankles, and that's that reactive elastic that we're working on while they're tired, not only that, they have to decelerate from a higher height than their normal jump. So you get all three different type of stimulus right after the fatigue. And it's in a reinforced motion that we just practiced with the squat. So that would be like the Monday. Then and it's can, teaching more like motor recruitment, right? Yeah. Is, is basically what you And force production, right? production. And uh, repeatability, your ability to continue to do that. This isn't something I'm doing with twelve year olds, by the way. Uh, if anyone's wondering. Well, I mean, unless they're like a super advanced. athlete twelve year old, advanced twelve yeah. year old, but this yeah. is going to be you're going to get a lot more out of this with your, you know, pre your teens, your college athletes. Um, Once they
0: have a foundation of landing exactly
1: that's true <laughs> it's like if they can like decelerate
0: their body without hurting their joints like mm-hmm. then you can put them through these kind of phases
1: well and I'll, I'll put kids through a plyometric phase before their compound movement when they're a little weaker because i want them to really focus on their compound movement after the explosive stuff i don't want them to be tired on their jumps and getting bad habits but you'll see the second that i put them in a contrast a lot of those old habits come back quick And that's a good realization for them that when you're in a game, you're going to be tired. You're going to have to go to these movements. So (laughs) that's one way we reinforce that.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, I think we talked about this on another podcast, but like um, you train when you're neurologically tired and fatigued, or do you use that as like a training for game in like the ninth inning
1: versus, uh, or would you rather have,
0: you know, full CNS and proper
1: recovery? Once again, how long Um, do I have them, right? If I have an athlete three days a week, you're going to see days that are focused on one more than the other. So like we'll do an EMOM focused day where they're getting really tired, moving things well, just trying to be efficient and it's more of a conditioning and like you said uh, neurological thing and the the other days we're working on explosive power recruitment, we're taking huge rest because I want them to feel fresh when they go jump. I want them to go in and be as explosive as possible and maximize those reps.
0: Yeah, you know. and I wanted to bring that up again because repetitions matter. Just like you were saying earlier, we just beat it into the bush over and over again because it. You guys need to know that you can still train when you're fatigued, but you can, you know, come in and do something. And a lot of good work is done when you are fatigued and when you're, yeah.
1: you know, not ready to go lift that day. That's the difference maker, I think, for a lot of people. And that's why we talk the longevity game. I'll bring it up again since it's a good point. And that's why all my athletes have a dynamic. Warm up that they hate me beating them up about, but every time they come in, I'll, I'll even you'll hear me go. Did you do your dynamic? Yep. And they were in there for two minutes. I'll go. Did you? I'll list every single one. Did you do this? And there's always one or two where they just go. So like, go do it. <laughs> They'll do that. Then we go to a prep phase where it either preps them for their movements for the day or works on weaknesses that we're trying to you know mitigate risk on and help them you know solidify better movement patterns.
0: I think most injuries happen because they don't prep movement. I agree.
1: I think that's. I see it all the time. The highest
0: you know percentage of people injuries probably like 90 percent of them
1: i gotta say this to the to the people i see at all the gyms like i go to a lot of gyms so it's not just here at elevate yeah but that walk in the building dudes my age or older this blows my mind walk in the building put their bag down and then they go to like a machine a shoulder machine put weights on it or throw 135 225 on the bar and just start going i am mind-boggled every time i see that because you're not not setting yourself up for the long game if you want warm-ups, come talk to me. I got you. Just, like, like, <laughs> I got you. If you don't even want to do a warm-up, go in the red light and just like sit go. in there for a minute. And your body
0: will be warm and you'll have more blood flow because like yeah. you have to do something. There's no way you just walk up to the bench press and
1: start hitting reps. Agreed. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> I don't know where, where that came in or how people can wait, leave the weight room feeling good after that. I feel terrible most of the time when I start, but that's going back to your point of, you gotta train when you're fatigued and when you're sore sometimes, right? You gotta know the, the difference and having a warm-up that you can really assess yourself and get your body firing on all cylinders, you're gonna be a lot safer and you're gonna feel a lot better and then you're getting more out of those reps and those sets. You're getting a lot more out of that instead of being taking four sets to warm up and then you're done with your your compound movement, but your body's just getting getting going, you know. Yeah, getting all the creaks and cracks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that I mean that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just you know I have like to
0: nail some stuff for my clients if they're listening. Oh um, good. Yeah. Someone else I
1: say what I think. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually Weird sounds course. way better from TJ's mouth because then there's not just me. You, know? <laughs> you give me a microphone, I try to sound cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I, I got something for you too. I want to know what your opinion is on this. So Carrick is. He said he's you know, adding more mobility, but if I'm being honest, when I put him through some mobility movements, he's very functionally sound, he's very aware of his body, and I think a lot of the bodybuilding side of things, um, I use, I make fun of it a lot, that's that's a lot of great things that can come from it, where a lot of my athletes, they want to explode and rip the cable, and like, hey, we have to also be able to control, you know, the concentric, eccentric, the entire movement, and be smooth throughout, and that's something him and his world, he does really well, and I think is a... He has some good cues that I haven't even, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, the differences and how people can implement a little of both? Like, what do you think? Well, I do think bodybuilding
0: is probably, like, if you're going for longevity, mm-hmm. bodybuilding is probably the number one thing I would say to do. Is really? like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I to think, what degree, though? To what degree? I'm just saying, like, I think that maybe not packing on as much mus- muscle as possible, yeah. but focusing on uh you know slower reps um controlling Mm. the weight and doing more time under tension and building up more uh muscular endurance doing stuff like that um with volume is nice and it just keeps them going um but i think that it is important to train in you know always and i Mm -hmm. don't like want to say that like that is the number one way because i don't again if you pick one way you're going to be having problems right and Mm so being the yogi and having more mobility and doing as much on that side of the things is just as important and uh, Yeah, I think
1: that's Balance. That, yeah,
2: balance. I mean, what, yeah. What, I, what I heard you can't do. getting
1: was bodybuilding at the end. I heard balance I think they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to, to clarify. It sounds like I'm bashing bodybuilding No, what I do is not great yeah. for my body either. I'm trying yeah. to jump. I'm trying to jump over six foot hurdles and land in a challenging position after lifting weights like exactly i know that it's not the best thing for my body for
0: longevity right Right. like like yeah
1: like obviously you're not gonna be doing that maybe at 75 i don't
0: know maybe you will dude like like knowing you you'll probably be doing it but like the
1: eighty-year-old client who's still lifting is just doing bodybuilding. Well, at that and I will point, say this: and then mobility work. You see my man Sam in here. Sam, when I got him, couldn't get out of a chair without assistance. And the first day, we almost had to call the ambulance. I was really concerned he was going to pass away yeah. on his first session. And that wasn't—that was from our dynamic warm-up. Um, and so Sam has been with me for the last four years, I think. And Sam is doing rotational box jumps today when he comes in. Let's uh, go, yeah, Sam! It's—it's it's hilarious. He—he didn't—he wasn't comfortable being in the gym. He didn't know where to walk in what to do now he comes in here gets his locker gets on his bike comes over does like 20 prep movements that I already have planned for him he does them on his own so I'm like shoot I gotta think of more which is great because he's self-sufficient you know and he's noticing he's like I'm in the garden and I go to pick pick up a weed I'm not bending my back I'm I'm crouching down hinging at my hip. I'm like, <laughs> he's That's got what I'm like you know some length in his That's oh, functional, yeah. right so I don't yeah. train but I'm not having Sam jump over the hurdles or do contrast training right but no. I also you know, I've been surprised at what some people can accomplish when you build them up on a program.
0: Oh yeah, no, I lost to like a
1: seventy-year-old on these last Iron Man. the last Ironman. The Ironman. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I like, feel like we have a. Multiples like there's a lot of people. Yeah, like really that like are much much older and fatter than me, and they <laughs> crushed me. They honestly. got the wisdom. <laughs> yeah, no, like it is such a humbling experience when you see all the bodies out there, mm-hmm. and you think. Oh yeah, Mr. Ironman. Yeah, the guys that are winning look mm. like Mr. Ironman. But like everyone else, the other 3,000 people in I the only race. The are, yeah, hey, right. Yeah, I only picture the winner as the Ironman body, but like r- the other 3,000 people don't look like that. Mm. And
1: I lost You're two. very explosive for an Ironman guy though. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. You move really well on the explosive side where a lot of the Ironman type guys are a little more muscular, endurance, and uh, like oxidative systems trained really well, and they're just sound. As, but you're like you're pretty explosive, so that's good.
0: Now I think the reason why I'm okay is because Baseball? I'm still in the half Ironman phase mm. and not in the full Ironman phase. You're faking it. No, did I'm you, I'm <laughs> just, is, is, I only got like half a tattoo, right? Like, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I didn't get a tattoo, do. but yeah, only get half
1: I swear. <laughs> until I get the full one. <laughs> yeah, you have to earn it. You Gotta earn that tat. But, but I'd rather train you in plyos instead. So <laughs> do that. Okay, um, question.
0: This is a what big you one for me. Can I duck a basketball?
2: Hmm.
1: I think dunking a basketball is a skill, and people mistake that, right? So, um, I'd have to see you with the ball. Like, you probably can't palm it because I can't palm it very well. I can't I have palm to hook very it very well. Or I have to catch. Yeah. Um, but people always ask that, like, "Oh, can you dunk?" Or really, I'd have to check how how tall's your reach, what's your vertical. I don't think you can. Do you think
0: you? No, but I, I'm not saying I. Do you think I can? Do you think I can
1: get to a point yes. of dunking a basketball? And can you get me there? Yes. Okay, that's all I want to do. But I'd also I'd also bring a hooper out. I'd bring a hooper out to coach you on dunking because when I have seen videos of myself dunk, it doesn't look like a basketball player dunk. It's like athletic guy forcing the ball in, like it doesn't look the same. It's a skill. Just like, you know, you could go out and you could maybe kick a field goal. You might not be able to kick it like a kicker or you know, have yeah. the form to do it or hey, look I, good. I was a kicker. Me too. So uh. cheers. <laughs> Mike Depp. <laughs> I don't like to admit it, but yeah, he used to kick
0: too. I, I was a freshman kicker and I Did you do a crossbar? what oh yeah
1: <laughs> just the crossbar you
0: no know, the the thing that annoyed me is they gave me linebacker pads and i'm a like kicker right so i just like this like five foot five not hit my growth spurt yet like wide shoulders way bigger than my actual it. shoulders like yeah, yeah and not it and then i had to kick field goals with that <laughs> well you probably made them all though right every single one Nope, <laughs> not <exactly. laughs> uh, no, not exactly. I wasn't the best. I, I definitely toed it a bunch of times, and they. But I am the only kicker with an interception. They put me in one play mm. um, on. You know, linebacker, and I took it. You know, 40 yards. I'm gonna back.
1: check check Max Preps or AZ Preps after this and find it. Bet. I'm just, I'm just
0: <laughs> freshman
1: year stats. Like. <laughs> See if they have them in there. But after that, I played on the golf team for the next three
0: years and took my talents elsewhere. As you should. As you should. And it was way more fun.
1: <laughs> so, I have a question for you too. Who do you think's heavier, me or Carrick? You. Really? What do yeah. you say that? Because every time I ask, people say Carrick. And I don't disagree with their opinion on it. I'm always curious. Uh, one, I'm not saying you're small, Carrick, and I, I don't want to hear him shit on you. Fine. I just want to, you know.
0: <laughs> it's fine. I, I, no. <laughs> I know how old you are. I know how long you've old. trained, and I know how dense you probably are okay. versus this guy. I mean, your
1: bones are probably denser than this guy. Like, maybe, everything's maybe right denser right now, than yeah. him. Yeah. And, and I only ask that because uh, I bring up the point that Carrick is training like a bodybuilder. He does a really good job of it. Uh, Carrick looks like, I would say, 200, 205 pounds, I would guess. And I weigh, uh,
2: as of yesterday, 184.
0: 184.
2: And yes. I was talking trash to him.
1: He was at 180 a week ago, so I think that it's me. I'm taking credit for this.
0: Wait, what do you think I weigh?
1: Oh, you wait. I wait already wait. know.
0: Who do you think weighs more, me or carrot? I
1: already know the answer. So
2: let's see if carrot guesses your weight. Yeah, carrot. Uh, well, considering you're an Ironman athlete, you're probably also pretty dense. I'd probably guess you like 190, 195. Oh, dude, you nailed it right on the head. Yeah, 190.
0: I'm, I'm 190. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's I, also the way. But I'm like, you know, way shorter than you guys, and mm-hmm. like i'm definitely a you know different kind of athlete but mm-hmm. um i've been in the game a little bit longer than you and so age yeah. does matter oh, for sure especially in training it's yeah. just the amount of time you can put in absolutely and so like just knowing an older athlete yeah but he's he's gonna he's be pretty big he's gonna be huge he's, he's gonna, gonna be, gonna be, be when he's our age yeah he's gonna be way bigger than us and
1: if, <laughs> if since we're on <laughs> character so. bodybuilding so i hope so i think you will but you're on the way <laughs> uh I'll make fun of you the whole way though until you beat me. Uh, <laughs> I'll Eric. it up. Is you know, in the bodybuilding world, uh, we also all know that the top bodybuilders, majority of them, are on gear on something, right? That's part of the sport, CrossFit,
2: similar thing. What, what's up with you? hundred percent. Hundred percent, Natty? Absolutely, hundred percent. Um You never I, taken an herb? No. <laughs> I mean creatine. If you don't oh, count that, as Eddie. that he's are gonna though, get like specific legal if you no. really want. I mean like Tomcat Ali. Yeah, you all can do of some of some stuff. of that yeah. kind of stuff. Honestly, I don't think that you need any of that. I don't see a reason for any of that. If you can, I, I truly believe that if you train properly, because a lot of people don't train properly. If you go through an actual regimen and train properly and eat correct, what you can that? reach any any potential that you want to get to. Any. Any. So, I wouldn't say any because I'm. But to, I like his mindset? Yeah, I like your mindset. I'm not like, like, with you then, should be but.
0: in like self belief mode, but like, <laughs> all right, you get to yeah. I was, gonna, I was going that we're out. Like, I am mean, right, like, do you go to C bums level uh, without doing gear? Because like no. he's the guy that does everything that you're
2: saying. Absolutely, and then some, and then takes his steroids. Yeah, all absolutely. So I think that to that level. Uh, You couldn't even reach that level naturally. There's just no way. Um, If you're going to try and compete in the Olympia and be a three-time Olympia winner there's just no way to do that naturally cuz everybody else on stage is on gear everybody up there and at that level it's almost like you're those guys even go and get ab etching so like their abs aren't even real at that <laughs> yeah. level you know what i mean that like yeah. seriously like there's, sure. a, there's a and so that level is to a whole another extreme and I, that's the part of bodybuilding that i actually think makes bodybuilding look even worse cuz those guys are deemed fit by society but their insides are probably the most unhealthy organs you'll ever see in your life from all the gear mm-hmm. that they take that is so true so uh, you're gonna get this guy going just for so you know. I, I mean <laughs> That's right i, I love the whole like PD side of everything too just because like i don't it, it gives a different outlook on bodybuilding and I, I don't know if it gives it a bad rep or a good rep i think it depends on who you're talking to but um the whole like olympia bodybuilding side of things is uh n- not the right way to bodybuild All right. in my opinion
0: so i agree but um I would like to ask: Is there at any point in your career that if you got to that level and you were second place, would you take an herb? Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say like, cause like, yeah. why? Like, like you're doing everything right, and you still haven't made that, you know, yeah. push to the edge. Are you gonna do something
2: yeah. else? You're gonna try something new. And I think that like with everything, um, I mean, it's at the end, it's a sport, right? Bodybuilding is a sport, even yeah. though some people might disagree. It is Me. right. There's a competition, right? There's a competition, it's competition for sure, but. Um, I think it is a sport. And, you know, if you are trying to take it as serious as possible, if you are, let's say you're a track athlete and you're not taking creatine in your off season, or you're not uh, taking certain supplements in order to uh, increase your ability to be the best version possible without you know, having to stick a needle in your butt or something. <laughs> but, you know, if you can take the, the natural supplements and that has the potential to elevate you to the next level, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Okay, so like that side of things, and I
1: think it's different because the majority of the people in bodybuilding that are successful are doing that. Like when you talk to NFL, there's people that really think everyone in the NFL is on stuff. Their testing is pretty solid. Um, The MLB is getting bad again, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll find Um, out soon.
0: Yeah, we will find out soon. But Tatis, and then there's a bunch of guys getting you know, and Tatis has like an an excuse on his, and that's kind of an interesting one, Mm -hmm. but. Even those guys like him,
1: they, they don't look like they're on gear. Mm-mm. But they definitely, you know, especially well, in the baseball world. They probably world. train like athletes. And that's why one of my favorite sayings I always go back to, and this isn't knocking bodybuilders, but is, I'd rather be able to run through a brick wall than look like one. That's, <laughs> that's just my, my thing. You know, I'd rather be able to perform and operate. And that's not to say you can't bodybuild and do it. Now, if you're doing the highest level of either, you're probably not going to be able to do the opposite. They push and pull on each other too much.
0: Yeah. And you're more of a practitioner of what you preach. So yeah. you have to be the guy jumping over the hurdles. Yeah. And that's also what I love. Also
1: teach that. <laughs> Truth, truthfully, that's also what I love. And that's part of the reason I picked it. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. I'm happy to continue that way.
0: All right, TJ. Well, this has been a good one. We've already have coming up on the hour pretty soon here. So any last things you want to say before we get out of here and, you know, anything left for the video?
1: viewers not really no thanks for having me on uh, last thing i guess is i spoke about how i'm looking for three to five um, I'm, I'm gonna start with men and women we might niche down a little bit men and women that are wanting to move like an athlete again feel like a beast um, i want to put out a program and use them as test subjects and testimonials and I, anyone that wants to follow it all the way through i'm all in on that um, and then that being said Carrick's just getting rolling got his certification he's been uh doing his hours with me i think he's ready to roll on his own that's that's for sure um we want to get him i don't know what three to five people care yeah that's it probably start around there the reason it's three to five is our number we don't want to go too much to where we're spreading ourselves thin we really want to get these people the results and it's not that if we had more people we couldn't but we want to make a point with this one and use it as kind of a, a test group. So Carrick's looking for three to five individuals who want to improve you know, their body composition, whether that's build muscle, bodybuilding compete, uh, burn fat. We'll just have to reach out to us, reach out to Woody or myself, Legacy yeah. Performance Training,
2: and we'll we'll hook you up. The Price for Paradise. And Carrick, any last words from you, brother? Um, no, I really think TJ. TJ Stole hit every from bullet. It. Yeah, TJ hit every bullet. But awesome, thank you for bringing me on here. One good mindset for me. Come on, give me something. Ooh, pressure oh a good mindset uh i think uh believe believe in yourself believe in more or how am i going to say this believe mm-hmm. believe that you can more or believe that you can do more than you can actually do
0: because you can absolutely and mine's the biggest limiter. Yeah, change without a doubt
2: 100
0: all right guys well this has been awesome and we'll catch you guys next week on the price for paradise my name's woody and
2: aloha aloha aloha